to another episode of Saying the Tone, an ER retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today we'll be discussing Season 7, Episode 3, which is titled Mars Attacks. The episode aired on October 26th in the year 2000. Lauren, what was going on that week 22 years ago? The New York Yankees win their third straight World Series title after defeating the New York Mets four games to two. Derek Jeter is named Series MVP. Hollywood super couple Bruce Willis and Demi Moore call it quits after 13 years of marriage, citing irreconcilable... I can't talk today. Let me try that one more time. Citing irreconcilable differences. There we go. Your standard standard Hollywood divorce clause. It's been a long day, folks. And meet the parents, beat out newcomers, bedazzled, and pay it forward... Oof. To retain the box office crown for a third straight week. I know exactly where we are in 2000, folks. Oh, you betcha. I watched Bedazzled so much as a child. It was on TNT a lot when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure, like like 80% sure I saw that movie in theaters with my parents, which is... A weird, a weird experience to think about in hindsight. One of those buried memories. And Come On Over Baby, All I Want Is You by Christina Aguilera is the number one song for the second week in a row. As for what else was on that evening, at 8 p.m., friends with the episode The One with Rachel's Assistant. Uh, at 8.30, we got a new show checking in, uh, Cursed. Uh, with their pilot episode, Cursed was a sitcom starring Steven Weber, Amy Pites, Pete's, uh, Wendell Pierce, and Chris Elliott, uh, centered on Stephen Weber's character being, air quotes, cursed by an ex-girlfriend and experiencing bad luck. Uh, this entire premise is dropped entirely by midway through its first season, and the show is rechristened simply The Weber Show, uh, and it is still canceled after 15 episodes in April of 2001. So, Yeesh. yikes. Uh, or maybe just the TV, folks. maybe just the greatest uh, premise for a show ever created. Like we're we're gonna come up with a terrible premise for a show, name the show cursed, and then uh, actually let it become a victim of its own bad luck. I think that is a meta concept if I've ever heard one. Uh, at nine p.m., uh, Will and Grace with the episode "Girl Trouble," and at nine thirty, "Just Shoot Me" with "Mum's the Word." This week's episode had twenty-six million viewers tuning in. Directed by Paris Barclay, doing his third out of three previous ones of his uh, that we have talked about include "Calling Doctor Hathaway" and "Ask Me No Questions, I'll Tell You No Lies," both I think from season three. Question mark. Uh, calling Sounds right. Doctor Hathaway, I know, is definitely season three, but uh, the other one I think is three, but might be two. Uh, and written by R. Scott Gemmel doing his fourth out of 32. And previous ones of his from last season included Match Made in Heaven, Abbey Road, and Truth and Consequences. Right. Previously, I was brought to us by Carter this week, and Lauren had a comment. Uh, yeah, when they do the previously on and we see Lizzie accepting Mark's proposal, I did not realize how huge her watch was. Just fashion note, Just that just seems like a huge watch. Did not get that. We haven't had a fashion police moment here in Not quite a while. Not fashion police, just fashion observation, fashion lookout. Carry on. All right, well, we open the episode. Carter's outside in the ambulance bay, and we got our we got a lovely, I forget what song it said it was, but we got a lovely licensed music intro. Um, that's three for three, right, this yep. season? Really, really uh, stretching their legs on the licensed music. Yeah. Feeling the effects of Grey's Anatomy, even though it's still four years away. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's heading towards the side doors that we never see used. Uh, Malucci welcomes back, and Dave is now blonde. 
See now, what now I understand why people hate him because he looks like <laughs> a dis. He looks like oh hey, we have Justin Timberlake at home. Yeah, the the douchebag symbiote has fully taken over, and now like Dave Venom is born. Jesus I don't Christ. hate the blonde. I don't hate. It. I don't hate it. It's just it's not not his best look. Yeah, it's it's not great, Bob. It is yeah. not great at all. This whole the whole opening is a little. I kind of like it, sort of, but it's it is a sort of a strange opening to an episode, which is admittedly a little bit of a strange episode. So it kind of fits. I mean, when you're named after the movie where or the aliens go, ah, gah, 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 gah. <laughs> anyway, Dave's getting trained on the sternal saw. Uh, that's barely going to be a thing in this episode. Uh, girls being wheeled in with a fork impaled in her jaw slash mouth. Fun times. Uh, Chuni's working with a patient. She's having a hard time getting out of control, and we learn that they're short, very short on nurses. We reveal that Chen is now visibly pregnant, and Carter congratulates her. Yeah, yeah. Very, I think very weird intro just to convey, like, oh, this is the chaos that, I, that I'm stepping back into, now featuring licensed music. Yeah, chaos plus, like, just, there's, there's sort of just like a, a I don't know hippie trippy vibe about the whole episode anyway like that that they they this is as like as like artsy that they get with it throughout the whole episode and i kind of wish they had maybe stuck with it a little bit more um but yeah it's it's an interesting tone to start us off with for sure and i got all this because i wasn't sure what the hell was going to carry over is important for this episode next to none of it exactly (laughs) so just setting up for a very busy day in the er uh, so the security guard stops Carter and asks um, Carrie, you know, hey, Dr. Weaver, is this one of yours? Because Carter's ID is out of date and he needs to get a new um, hospital ID that matches, you know, their current formatting to prove that he's actually a doctor there. Cool. Okay. Um, then we go over to Lizzie and Mark talking in the lounge about their wedding planning. Ooh. And Yay. they tell Carter that, well, one of the... Lizzie says they got engaged. Mark celebrates that they bought a house. They say it at the exact same time, and he's just like, oh, great, congrats, cool. (laughs) Um, We find out that he lost his locker assignment, and the medical board made them clean it out, so Mark's just kept his stuff stowed in a box above the lockers for the past three months. Okay. And uh, Mark makes himself available if Carter needs him to talk through the day, and Carter picks up his box of stuff and picks up his stethoscope and we are in with twinkles daniel's loving this season i mean it, i'm i'm always happy for more twinkle representation but i will say this is quite possibly the uh most i think out of place uh placement of the twinkles me maybe Mm-mm. ever had i was just sort of no. like i could see it going either it way. it was perfect I was just sort of like, I don't really know that this fits here, but okay. Like, I'm not going to complain about more Twinkles, but it was just, of all of the examples of Twinkles we've gotten over the years, I would, nope. I think this one was it, the, the most tonally inappropriate. Nope. It was a perfect moment. He, It was gentle and pensive, and he was looking at his stuff and considering his life and where he was at the moment, and coming in with bangs at that quiet moment of his would have made no sense. Guys, this is where we're at seven seasons in, that this is what we're analyzing. Cool. <laughs> At least we have Twinkles to analyze. We haven't for that quite a true. while. I mean, we have two episodes we have for whatever. Anyway, who cares? Uh, obviously, Daniel does. Uh, we're going to go to our first audio clip here. Carrie interrupts Carter as he's picking up a patient to go over some, some new rules with him. Hey, you got anything good? Got a chest pain and two hooked up to the 12. I think Dr. Green is free. Thanks, Lily. 
Sorry, Carter, but in order to facilitate your return, we need to implement a few rules. Uh-huh, such as? You're to do only minor medical, no trauma, no suturing, no needles, no narcotics, and absolutely no surgical procedures. Uh, that leaves me with... The chance to practice medicine again. Hey, hey, settle down, Mr. Divatista, settle hey, down! Hey, hold me, stand okay. with my hands up! Hey, hey, okay, I'm not staying there! Okay, okay, I'm fine, I know there's guys. I'm fine, stabilize his leg! I'm fine, leave me alone, bitch! All right, Once you get back in the swing of things, you can resume a normal schedule and do procedures again, but until then, it's baby steps. Why don't you start with Mr. Griffiths? Gluteal rash. Nothing worse than a chapped ass, or so I'm told, Dr. Carter. When did you get out? A couple weeks ago. Well, I got a patient. Go forth and heal. So who's watching the drugstore cowboy? I'm head of the ER. That makes Carter my responsibility. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Carrie, but didn't he develop his drug addiction under your watchful eye? Is that something eye? that you need, Robert? Well, I need to have a reason to come down and say hello, but now that I'm down here, perhaps you can tell me what genius replaced all the candy bars in the vending machines with raisins and rice cakes. You're here because you need a sugar fix for a hospital. We're setting a good example by offering healthy snacks. So what are you, the nutrition Nazi? America's poor eating habits help keep us in business. Did you even take the Hippocratic Oath? I had my fingers crossed. Oh, Dr. Romano. Dr. Chen. Well, I guess I don't have to ask what you've been up to. Look, um, I, I need a favor. Well, if it's about taking time off, talk to Weaver. Maternity leave is a topic for those bearing ovaries. No, it's about my parents. I figured you'd run into them today at the surgical conference. Well, say hello. Well, actually, um, I haven't told them that I'm pregnant yet, and I'd really appreciate you not saying anything. Um, I, I want to surprise them. How? By going into labor at Sunday dinner? Mom's the word. Ah, uh, Romano's in peak form. I, I want to start off by saying I love when he says, who's watching the drugstore cowboy? Carter's right there. Yeah. And Noah Wiley's reaction when he's just like, the fuck? Like, you see him look up and like, <laughs> it's it's like a Lydia face. It's yeah. so good. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, Romano's line read of, um, I had my fingers crossed during the Hippocratic Oath is just, it's such a, such a like, purely identifying Romano line that I just love so much. Like if you needed one line to sum up Robert Romano, the character, that would be the, that would be the one. If you wanted just one, like little, just one little one minute and a half audio that. clip of, yeah. of Romano, I think this is, you could, you, you'd be hard pressed to do worse than distilling his <laughs> essence into this. Nothing worse clip. than a, nothing worse than a chapped ass. I don't, I don't need to ask what you've been up to. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just love the line, Mom, mom's the word. And I like how uh, accidentally progressive he was there, where he was like, maternity leave is for those bearing ovaries. And it was like, okay, like you're you're almost there. Like you're like this close to a, a progressive <laughs> uh, statement there, sir. Except he's not because he's saying he doesn't like, yes, you're right. It's like where you're like, oh, they almost have it. But it's like. No, because he's doing it because he's just an asshole and doesn't want to deal with women's oh, well, problems. Sure. Well, but, but sure, but when when is anyone who's that close to accidentally making a good point yeah, not yeah, yeah. acting in the worst faith? That is uh, very true. But in any event, uh, very good stuff from Romano to kick us off there. But we go uh, from here over to Carter working on the aforementioned Mr. Griffiths and his gluteal rash. I believe at one point he says he has splinters in his butt. <laughs> Something like that, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Abby is assisting and says that Carrie is uh, treating her as her personal temp today. 
uh, which will be sort of a recurring theme throughout the rest of this episode. Abby's having a real one. Uh, We go over to Cleo, who's talking to Mark about ortho taking forever. And Mark says that she should pretend to be Carrie because that seems to work pretty well and seems to get things done. Uh, all right yeah uh chen needs a scan but no one is available because all of the surgeons are out at a surgical conference and i forgot to put in here a laryngoscope specifically specifically a laryngoscope uh and uh all of the the all of the uh surgeons are out at a surgical conference today which is definitely going to play into uh the events of this episode uh, Malucci has uh, the same issue with an Appy patient that uh, Lizzie just straight up will not come down to see. I believe she told Mark uh, at the top of the episode that uh, she wanted him to encourage the residents to not call with anything other than the most necessary of uh, consult requests today because they are so short-staffed. Uh, and Abby is following along behind Carrie and is like, uh, like, I don't even work down here. Like, as Lauren put it, I believe, last week, I don't even go here. Like, she doesn't even go here. <laughs> yes, thank you, mean girls. She's like, uh, I don't know that I'm really in the best spot here. And she's like, well, I'm offering you learning opportunities in exchange for your help in the ER. And when you come back on your med school rotation, you'll be that much further ahead than all the other students. Uh, well, who else doesn't go here, though? Yeah, no, no longer going here is uh, one Peter Benton who can't park in the employee parking lot because he is not on the list and his key card isn't working. And since he lets slip that he does work there, the uh, parking attendant won't let him park in visitor parking. So not looking good for Petey right now. Uh, then uh, we go back inside. Carter is working with a guy with a corneal abrasion, uh, and the guy thinks he might have crabs uh, again, too. Fun. Great. And uh, Mark is uh, giving Lizzie some hassle for not coming down for the uh, Appy consult. And he and Malucci are stealing some stuff to use in the ER since surgical attendings aren't coming down due to the conference. Wackety schmackety. We love a good heist. Yep. Also, I I had some uh, liberal snowflake issues with how Carter behaves with his uh, corneal abrasion patient. Mm -hmm. And just like he's pulling faces the whole time and it's like that dude can see you like he's probably aware that he smells can you not yeah like i'm just saying i know it's a completely oversensitive reaction but just it 2022 oh. <laughs> smell test it did not there, pass. there will no be pun intended. there will be several opportunities in this episode for 2022 liberal snowflake takes <laughs> trust me there's and there was a couple that i had yeah. so we'll get there i yeah. will be everybody's least favorite wet blanket today Fun times. I love. I love uh, being the being in charge of this episode. <laughs> I just realized wet blanket is a joke for a plot line of this episode too. Ha 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 ha. Anyway, Chen's uh, working with Illy with Will. Anyway, Chen's working over with uh, Willie. Uh, he's having ear aches. Uh, he's cut his ears with some kitchen shears. He tried to give himself Vulcan ears. Ow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Having had my my like cartilage pierced, that's enough for me to cringe knowing what that feels like, let alone trying to imagine cutting that. Right. And he says too that like he tried to numb them up by rubbing ice on them. So like yeah. he's got no like anesthesia of any kind. It's just right. just a little bit of ice. Yeah. Uh Abby says they should call Psych too, but he doesn't want Psych because he wants to get out, out in time for the sci fi convention today. Hmm. 
Hence the title, Mars Attacks. We'll work on it light speed, Spock. Exactly. Who plays uh, Who plays Willie here, though? Yeah, one of the more um, ostentatious, oh, hey, it's that guys that we have had maybe in the entire history of the show up until now. Uh, Willie is played by actor Eric Stone Street, who appeared in stuff like The Loft, The Loft, Almost Famous, and of course a uh, starring role on the TV series Modern Family, where he is one of oh, yeah. one oh, of the main characters. The... Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Now, now that you say that, now I know who Isn't he is. Isn't he like one of the gay uncles or something? Yes. Yeah. Having never watched an episode of Modern Family in my life. Um, also, kind of day I'm having. I completely forgot what ostentatious meant. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what it means. It's like, I'll, I'll, be fully, I'll fully admit I do not know what that means. Well, since I just forgot the definition, we're going to have a little teachable moment. <laughs> anyway, gonna... would you like me to take the next part, though? No, I'm looking it up. Okay. Characterized by vulgar or pretentious display, designed to impress or attract notice. I... Which is yeah. weird. I always used it more as, like, flashy. Just in general, not necessarily like tra- not necessarily trashy, flashy, just flashy. Anyway, Malucci brings the laryngoscope down for Chen as a present, and he starts to get all up in her business, asking her more about the baby and who the father is and stuff that's just none of his fucking business, dude. Um, Carter then asks her if she can help with his corneal abrasion patient because he can't prescribe pain medication and tells her to wear a mask because the dude reeks. Great, cool. And then he goes on to leave uh, unsolicited comments about her pregnancy and wow, she's been busy while he's gone. And nah, 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 nah. <laughs> uh, I, exactly like that. I, I mean, I guess maybe it's only because it's tempered by how much worse Malucci is that I didn't really mind Carter's... I. As always, I guess I kind of look at Carter's interactions with Chen through this lens of affection. And it is. Because oh, they're it, actually friends. No, it right. totally is. I'm just cranky and the news has me mad and work has me mad. So I'm just going to be a bitch about everything on here today. But you're right. No, he is completely doing it from a spot of good faith. And is generally like, yay, like, cool. Are you are you okay? Like, how are you doing? Yeah, like, if anything, I wish they had done more with... Uh, Carter and Chen this episode and just Carter and Chen yeah. overall as a friendship like I, I'm, I'm learning the deeper we go into this that they don't really do nearly as much right. with them as I would have liked or as I remember yeah so far at least um yeah no guys I'm just everything with five grains of salt tonight I apologize um <laughs> Lizzie can slap me if I get if it gets too much um then we go over to a young boy Albert who got bitten by his uncle Charlie and they're like, uh, do we need to call social services? And then they're like, no, this this is Uncle Charlie, and he's a kid younger than Albert, and very, very funny. Um, Gloria is their caregiver slash grandma, and she also has a bad cough that Carrie wants to check out because she just does not sound good at all. This is a uh, like I really wish they had done more with this thread. Like this mm-hmm. felt like this could have been a a really interesting thread to dig into, and um, it more or less goes away and I would have liked to have seen them do a little bit more with it. Uh, certainly uh, for no other reason than I would have liked to have gotten a chance to see more Christine Cavanaugh on my screen, who is playing Gloria here. And I guarantee you, if you are one, of, if you are anywhere close to the three of our ages, uh, you have heard Christine Cavanaugh's voice in your life over and over and over again. She was, yes, she was the voice of Dexter on Dexter's lab. She was the voice of babe in the movie, babe. She was the voice of Chucky Finster on Rugrats. Motherfucker. She was one of the most prolific voice actors. I would say of the nineties, like was look through her IMDb. She's got 104 credits to her name. She didn't do a ton of live action stuff. Like she would, 
do stuff occasionally. This is actually her last live action role. Uh, is this episode of ER? She doesn't do any more live action stuff after this. It's all uh, voice acting. Um, and unfortunately, she did pass away in 2014. Um, I believe it was cancer that got her. Um, oh, yeah, fuck cancer. But uh, man, just hearing her voice, like she has such a distinctive voice. She has such a like you can close your eyes and hear like a dozen different characters that she voiced uh, in cartoons and stuff as a kid. Like I was just so happy to see. I'm, it's always a joy whenever I hear her voice. So I was but that, I think that's part of why I wanted them to do more with this storyline. Yeah, I recognized her, the voice, but I could not place it. But the minute you said Rugrats, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her her performance as Chucky is one of my favorite uh, uh, kids' performances of that era, like kids' character voice, because it's such an archetype of what we all sort of grew up to be. Like, you know, Ch- Chucky Finster is just sort of the proto-millennial, like, just yeah. kind of. He was, always, he was always my favorite, too. Pop quiz, what's your two favorite, what, what are you two's favorite uh, Rugrat? Oh, gosh. I mean, probably Chucky, but also I got a soft spot for Phil and Lil, too. Like, Phil and Lil were always fun to me. Yeah, that's that's very fair, and I think that speaks a lot to just our personality types in general yep. on this show. Um, and sh- I had shout out, too, to I, the Paramount Plus uh, revival of Rugrats, which I watched a couple of episodes of uh, last year, and, like, it's pretty okay. Like, I mean, it's not, like, it's not going to change your life or anything, but it's a nice, like, little modernized update of what we all loved. I knew somebody who was not allowed to watch Rugrats because of how Angelica behaved to the kids. Jesus, how puritanical of a household do you have to grow up in that Rugrats is off limits? Reptar destroying everything? No, it was because Angelica. What were they allowed to watch instead? The Seven Hundred Club? Like Jesus? I I don't know, but yeah. The other really funny thing here is that um, I believe it's right here that after. After they start saying, like, okay, we'll take the kids up to daycare, Gloria. Let's get you checked out. All of a sudden, Albert runs out and goes, Grandma, Grandma, Charlie bit the nurse. (laughs) (laughs) Or bit the lady or something. Bit the nurse, nurse, yeah. It's very cute. Which I choose to believe was was Lydia. Like, bit Lydia. No, it was was Abby. Because Abby was taking them to the playroom. I mean, it could have been Abby. It could have been any one of them. We've seen the only nurse we don't see in this episode is oh no I guess you don't see Yosh either but uh, the only regular nurse we don't see other than Yosh is uh, Hale. Anyway, well we already determined that Benton can't park, so let's uh, figure out why Benton can't log into this computer system either. Is everything going crazy down here? I can't even log onto the damn system. Forget your password. Uh, uh, Doctor Romano here. Peter, you're still here. Yeah, I had problems getting into the parking garage, and now I can't even get onto the computer. You didn't get my letter. What letter? The letter stating that your privileges have been revoked. What? Yeah, you remember that um, dialysis patient of yours, um, uh, Fletcher? That's right. Well, your uh, tattletaling to the Inspector General cost me a $50,000 fine, which uh, my malpractice insurance is not... I was just looking out for my patient. You also cost the hospital a substantial Entala fine. Now, I had to recoup those monies from somewhere, so I was forced to eliminate the attending position. It's all in the letter. Uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I mean, we can't talk about this in private. Why, Peter? You didn't seem to feel the need to talk in private about our problem. You just decided to go off on your own, so now you are. So what is my position here? You have no position here, Peter. You're firing me? No, 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 no. You fired yourself. Damn, that's a good line. I I love... That's one of my favorite Romano lines in the entire series. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. <sighs> Damn it, Benton. Trying to help patients and shit. Yeah. 
So this is the last time, last we see a Ben, we right, uh, will have your character perspective up for him <laughs> this Saturday. Oh God, I can already feel Lauren cringing from here. Uh. <laughs> no, I'm just over here remembering how much getting fired sucks. That's where I'm at right now. It it does suck. Yes. I'm, I'm having flashbacks. Not great. No, it's not great. Especially, especially, I've I've also had a semi-similar thing happen to blindsided. me. Blindsided. Where I was just sort of like blindsided out of nowhere. No reprimands or anything like that before. Just was fired for, because... Reasons. Things. But, yeah, because for dumb, uh, for dumb inter-company just, politic, just things. politicking. Yeah. <sighs> I hate it here. Uh, but we go from there. Uh, Carter asks Cleo for some help getting bugs out of a little boy's ears. Uh, and this, this sort of begins our, uh, caginess between Cleo and Carter here, which isn't really like that well established. Like it sort of feels like it comes out of nowhere and it sort of feels like they picked a character out of a hat to have a problem with Carter, uh, and on his it's return. not even very not even very well portrayed either yeah it's not very convincing like it's it, and it's never like and maybe you know again we're just victims of you know trapped in the moment and we're not remembering what happens in the episodes to come but like i don't remember there ever being a grand justification for it from cleo's perspective of why cleo has such a big problem with carter coming back uh in any capacity um but in the middle of all this, we get a SWAT team that runs in with no explanation because this episode is just peak chaos. Uh, a I love it. <laughs> young guess, guess how Lauren felt about this I one? I was going to say, Lauren must have been just fuming at the notes by now. Uh, a young girl is being checked on by Cleo and Abby. Uh, looks like she may have strep throat. Mom is uh, super overbearing. Uh, we will circle back to them a little bit later. Uh, Abby keeps getting pulled all over the place because each doctor needs her help. And as mentioned earlier in the episode, they're short on nurses. Uh, and we find out that Frank called in a tip, which is why the police showed up. Uh, one of their patients, I believe the angry guy that uh, Carrie mm-hmm. taped his head down when he first came in. Uh, one of the patients was wanted for murder. So they're moving him to the jail ward. And we get this delightful line from uh, Frank. Once a cop, always a cop. Said in my best imitation hey, Chicago Cap. accent. <sighs> God, why do we like Frank? He's a, yeah. Frank's a cop. Why do we like him? All cops are bastards. That's Troy. That, that means that means Frank too. Troy Evans. Uh, Can we have Troy Evans back on the show? I'm going to keep asking uh, until we do uh, it. Sure. I mean, you're probably in a better position to make that ask than I am. I think you follow him more closely than I do. I just uh, like his garden photos and comment on them. That's see? it. I, I, that's your in. That's your in, yeah, right? You two there. can just talk for an hour about gardens. We'll do a lounge episode <laughs> with Troy Evans and I. Troy Evans and gardens. Lauren in the Garden Lounge. Oh, man. Holy shit. Oh, I would pay for that. Uh, <laughs> I would become a patron. Patreon.com slash San Antonio Podcast. At the I $5 would, level. I would pay myself getting, to do that. Getting ourselves <laughs> back on track here. Luca rightfully complains that people will stop coming in to seek care if they don't feel safe to be treated. Hey, mm. Luca's not entirely a shitbag. You know, he's he's getting then, better. I forgot to put this down. Frank goes, goddamn liberal foreigners or uh, something like that. It begins. Yeah. It begins. This is this is the moment where uh when Jake was watching season seven for the first time, this was where he started to rip his hair out about uh why we love Frank so much. It's a mystery, we don't even know. Yeah, we can't explain it, but it's just that dance. Just that dance at the very end. Yeah. That's 
few other moments I can think of, but that, but yeah, yeah. that that'll that'll get you there. I have no justification. Anyway, but Carter's complained to Abby that he's not allowed to do anything, and finally asked Mark if there's anything challenging on the board, and we finally, and finally the board is clear and pulled down. Hey. hey. We've arrived at our the final version of our. I don't know if it's board, the f- I believe right? I don't know if it's the final version, but it is. It, it looks is, like it's in the wrong. Yeah, spot. it's in the wrong spot oh, okay. for now. But we're, but we're but heading it's, there. It's always but it's always that style though. Pretty it? much, yeah. The clear pull down. Pretty much through the end, which we, we didn't really mention at the top of the show when uh, when Carter is coming in for the first time. This is the first time he's really seeing the ER uh since the big remodel so you can actually see there's a moment where he's standing at he's standing in the uh uh admit desk area and looking around and being like this literally doesn't look like the same place that i left like it looks completely right. different now malucci asks carter who the father of chen's child is and suspects it might be carter he's like hey you two work together you two know each other you seem pretty close why is he so like wrapped up in this like i don't because it's yet another character he- motivation that's not well explained because he's super thirsty for Chen and he's just being a creep about it. Yeah, is it here or later where he's like, uh, where he's like, basically admits to having like a pregnancy fetish, like where he's sort of like, I'm, he's like, I, I'm re- like weirdly into it that she's pregnant is basically what he says. I totally missed it if he did because I was shut down about halfway through this episode. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I'm just like, eh. Like the notes from here on are just pure gibberish. I think just working off memory. Just like the episode. I think too, like, I think this is, um, most definitely kind of like a mile marker episode for us and where things might start to shift for Malucci. <laughs> like I think public, pre- public perception of Malucci might start in season seven, episode three. Like we we're I think we might've already reached peak Malucci and we're now on the back end of the unpleasantness. Uh, I look forward to being semi surprised. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, for now, uh, Abby goes over to administer treatment to some Japanese businessmen with food poisoning. And this is this is a 2,000 gag and a half, let me tell you. Holy mm-hmm. fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the whole joke here is basically that they're Japanese. Like, that is the yep. whole joke. There is no LOL. depth to this whatsoever. LOL, they don't speak English. Right? Like, that is – this is so beneath – <laughs> Though I do love when one of them's like, I heard they sell wealthy Japanese men's kidneys or something. Something like, like that. The yeah. Japanese tourist kidneys, like they're they're at least in on like, hey, we don't know what she's doing to us. And I guess you know, all things considered, I guess we really should be glad that it takes a nice, you know, detour into Abby being the one in in charge of this story. Uh, versus where it starts with Malucci, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I can just Very imagine true. bleach blonde Malucci having some real fucking just groaners uh, with regard to that. Mm-hmm. Like this, this would have aged even worse than it already does. Um, is Yosh Japanese? I believe. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Getty Watanabe is Japanese, um, but I don't know that the character of Yosh it's ever established one way or another. What? Well, where the hell is Yosh? Come on. Well, he's not. Need, there's short nurses today. He's not here. Um, but yeah, they don't get the many interpreters. He's probably doesn't even, he might, he might not even know Japanese. He might just be entirely. He is American type. born. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but the, the whole crux of this again, like I said, is that the whole crux is that, uh, LOL, they don't speak English. And so as a result, Abby's basically doing all their treatments. Uh, like she's shooting them in the ass with, I think, compazine mm-hmm. and, uh, basically doing it without their informed consent as a punchline. Like, Okay, like this, this is just like, 
I think it's beneath the show in general, but I especially think it's beneath this era of the show. Like if they, uh, we had, we used to do stuff like this back in seasons one and two, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I just don't think that this is, I don't think this is in their wheelhouse at this point, but yeah. And, and, uh, Gede Watanabe is Japanese American. Okay. So so there we go. Born in Utah, I believe I saw. I missed it, but of all the places to be born. Holy shit. Um, we go from there to uh, Carter is working with a little boy with a UTI. Uh, he is in a wheelchair uh, ha- after having been hit by a car when he was younger and left him paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, he does his own catheters, uh, currently lives in a retirement home because his grandmother was his primary caretaker and then she passed away and he somehow ended up in a retirement home rather than social service custody. I'm not... Yeah. I can't make any sense of this arrangement, but okay. Yeah, like it's it's a TV show, but it has, but it I, does. Uh, yeah, but. I uh, let me preface by saying that I like this kid and I like this storyline. I love this kid. Yes, um, and I like where I like what they do with it. And I like how it plays out. I will say though that just on a on paper and as a character outline, it reads like a Wes Anderson character. <laughs> like it Fair. it reads like something out of like a twee fucking Wes Anderson. Like this is quirky for the sake of being quirky. Um, but uh, he's got the glasses, so yeah, no, perfectly, perfectly, uh, perfectly well performed uh, job by uh, our actor here, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, Carter insists that the they're gonna have to have a nurse come in and help. Uh, with his urine sample uh and our our kid here is played by child actor veteran child actor of the 90s alex d Linz, uh mm-hmm. who appeared in the first uh macaulay culkin home alone home alone three mm. uh which i was he the kid yeah he was the kid yes. he was the main kid um and i will say like as a kid who was who was a kid around this time and who rented that movie from blockbuster quite a bit like i knew i was like this is probably not a good movie but it's like one of those movies that you just watch a lot, you know, like it's just on a lot. And so I feel like I've seen that movie more than I probably should have. Uh, he was also in one fine day with, uh, our very own George Clooney, uh, and the regrettable, uh, Hannibal Lecter sequel, red dragon. And I want to take a moment to note here. We were watching this last night and I said, I saw briefly in the comments <laughs> that everybody was like, Lauren, please don't shit on, on Dennis, please. Like don't, this this kid is precious and i was like and so i had that in mind and i was like this kid doesn't bother me he's one of the actual like characters i remember on rewatch that i really appreciate and i said to lizzie i said you know he doesn't bother me i know people were worried i was gonna shit on him but i really like him and lizzie responded last night because he's also an adult child like you were <laughs> i i have yep that's exactly it it's mm, mm, mm. read you like a book mm. Parent, it's like it's like I know you. Parentified children, guys. It's fucked up, but yeah. I love you. I love you too. But yeah, so this is. I was like, oh yeah, he's he's an old soul. He's taking care of himself. Yeah. I get it. It's oh no, it's okay. I was the and same is, way because uh, my grandma and is a, a weirdly like, I I think like for for somebody who like again this kid is pretty much strictly a child actor. Like he stopped acting. I think in his teen years. And I think he's only just recently gone back to start doing some like writing and directing and stuff. Like he's, he's only just recently started to like dip his toe back into show business. Um, but this kid, like he's, I think you could put him toe for toe with last season, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Like I think, I think he's Mm -hmm. just equally as capable. And so I think this kid's better than Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So like watching him, I was like, damn, why didn't this kid like 
do more and like why didn't he become a bigger star and you know maybe that just isn't what he wanted for himself but oh shit he was the voice of young tarzan in the tarzan yes movie. that too okay then uh mr kama tovic 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 oh got it uh he's got a family history of spontaneous human combustion here's our wet blanket uh reference from earlier well you could uh, either one really you could do this one or you could do the uh or the uh the kid in the wheelchair like because he's gonna wet well, he's gonna wet his pants in a little bit okay but uh, the, the wet blanket joke was specifically this guy sure because he's wearing a wet blanket sure and carrie says to get him some flame retarded saline <laughs> and someone from the special burn unit down to placate him uh some great physical comedy with malucci slipping on a wet floor like he deserves uh, while running into the to notify the chief of a multi-victim trauma Oh, and the trauma coming in, it looks like it is from the sci-fi convention. Carrie isn't happy that they're taking so many without any surgeons around. She said that they could take, you know, maybe three. No, one major. Yes, sorry, one major and several minor. And that's not what's happening here. And she reminds Carter, no traumas, only minor cases. And uh, Cleo and Carrie are working on a trauma with Lizzie. There's mention of Benton being fired around the just gossip. And because they're like, oh, can we get Benton in here? No, I heard he was fired. Hmm, okay. Uh, and I said, I have no clue what's wrong with this guy and what they're trying to do, but it's not great. He is not stable and he's a mess. Well, so. he eventually, yeah, I don't know if you eventually note it, but he is like a pel- he's bleeding out. He's bleeding from his pelvis. I didn't notice shit, or I didn't note shit in this trauma. Yeah. I was so confused at this point. No, he's bleeding from his, he has pelvic bleeding. Thank um, you, dear. From like, so Corday needs to stabilize his pelvis. That's the big machinery she's attaching to him. Thank you kindly. Throughout this whole endeavor. Because I didn't get it, and I didn't bother to write it down even if I had. Peek behind the curtain. <laughs> anyway. And uh, Luca is working on a blunt chest trauma patient with Abby and Lauren. Whose films are those? And Lucas tells her tells Abby to put the chest tube in even though she's only a nurse. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's Because she knows how. Yeah, she knows how and they're short-staffed and Luca only has two hands. Like, it's... And, and malpractice will cover that. That's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. No, it won't. I mean, we'll get there. Uh, we go over, we see Malucci is actually... One bit of positivity for Malucci this episode. Doing a great job with triage. That's... That's all he's got in him this episode. Um, Mark is asking where Benton is, and Lily thinks uh, chimes in, says that she thinks he quit. Uh, and they're all like, "What?" <laughs> uh, Lily uh, is asking for Lizzie to help with Mark's patient. They're going to uh, walk him through this procedure over the uh, intercom, uh, and they're just all very overwhelmed at this point, as I'm sure Lauren was uh, doing the notes for this episode. Uh, and then we learn that Frank's at it again because the cops are coming in to arrest Gloria for writing bad checks. God damn it, Frank. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll circle back to them just a little bit later. Trying to restrain myself. Keep it for, up. Yeah, trying keep to keep it. it to myself. Trying to be better for Mary. <laughs> always, be, always be better for Mary. What would Mary do? Uh, anyway, uh, Carter's working with dentist uh, tells him that a walkway walkway class collapsed at the tarver center which is not a real place i did google it just i did curiosity. too there's a dr tarver in in, in, in indianapolis and, and like there's a someone, senate candidate or yeah, something yeah there's someone with the last name of tarver in some political office here in chicago but uh the mccormick the mccormick place is uh where you'd be having conventions uh at least that would be feeding into the cr anyway 
He had an accident uh, because he was waiting for the nurse to come cath him for the sample. He didn't realize he had to go. And Carter offers to help him clean up since he can't do anything for the traumas anyway. But says it nicer than that. Yeah. He makes it sound like, oh, you know, yeah, I, I can totally help. Like, they've got their hands full anyway. Like, I'm good in here. So he, he does a good job making Dennis not feel embarrassed about it. Uh, but then Carrie runs to where Gloria is waiting, gives her a Z-pack for the cough, and hurries her out as fast as she can to keep her from getting arrested, tells her where the daycare is, and is like, no, go, 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 go. And, you know, Gloria's like, I just, I always, I always end up paying, but sometimes I have to bounce a check to, to save some time or, you know, to, like, get an extension or whatever. So, very sweet moment with Carrie, breaking the law, breaking the law. Bam, um, bam. And that's, you see a new psych resident. Well, and that's, that's also, to the end of that bit, like, that uh, yeah, th- plot it. thread. Which, like, uh, going back to, again, like, uh, echoes from earlier seasons, like, having this lady come in uh, of a slightly, like, I would say like early middle age uh, mm. and complaining of a mysterious cough that's being like brushed aside. I feel like they would have done much more with that in a different season at a different mm-hmm. time. But for some reason yeah. in this episode, it's just like hurried out the door and like, nope, we can't be bothered to do anything with this. We got to get this lady out of here. And it's yeah, she's just, she's a punchline for Frank. Yeah. Like I was just, I really wish they had done more with it. Yeah. Uh, but then we see a nuke psych resident stops by um, in passing to give Carrie an update. A little Miss uh, Kim Legaspi. Ooh. Played by actress Elizabeth Mitchell, making her first of 14 appearances through the rest of the season. Only? Mm-hmm. She will only be with us through the end of season seven, um, or towards the end of season seven. Um, and the very end of season seven. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, she has made uh, appearances in stuff like The Purge, Running Scared, and the TV series Lost. She also has also played uh ah oh god I can't remember the character's name but she was in the Expanse as a yes pri- as a priest I forget the yes 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 name. oh my god Anna right Anna yes there you go she's so good she's so good in that show go watch um but then the patient with compartment syndrome is still awaiting Lizzie's consult and this is where Mark is like no Lizzie we don't have time you have to guide me through this over the intercom you're too busy <laughs> we're too swamped. Um, it's throwing me off how I spelled Lizzie through part of these notes. Uh, I spelled it as in our host Lizzie, not as in Dr. Lizzie, and I am very confused. Um, I'm just I'm just that awesome. I can somehow be Go into here. the show. I can transport myself into the show and guide Mark, guide Mark through a fasciotomy. Uh, I, I believe in you. Uh, but then Carrie chews Abby and Luca out for doing the chest tube. She's like, nope, 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 give it to me. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> no. No. Carter's looking for some extra small scrubs for Dennis. Uh, Abby's complaining about Carrie and some real great fat shaming. I was going to get this clip, but then there was some really awesome fat shaming mm-hmm. of uh, on Abby's part. Like, oh yeah, one of our guys is fat and blue or something like that. So do you want do you want to take this kid or do you want to, you know, have the fat blue blue dude? Like... <laughs> I'm sensing a theme developing in this episode. Like, there's lots of, like, juvenile humor in this episode and, like, shit that wouldn't mm-hmm. fly nowadays. Just bullying. Because you got to make the aliens go, ah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just bullying geeks. Like, I don't know. I would Again, I, w- I wish they would have done more with, you know, the really interesting aspects of this episode. Like, it's... I, we'll get to it when we get to the wrap at the end, but I think this is an episode that succeeds in spite of itself. <laughs> like, I think it's an episode that somehow manages to like clumsily find its way to the finish line and be a competent episode. But like, they left a lot of meat on the bone. There could have been a lot, a much better episode here. 
Um, but uh, Carter cheers Dennis for his correct diagnosis of the UTI. Dennis made him a paper airplane uh, and says that he wanted to be a pilot, but now he makes paper airplanes instead and throws one right at Carrie's head. And it's just a... Which she blames on Malushi. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Malushi. Yeah. Uh, Jingmei tells Maluchi off for prying into her personal life as she fixes a guy's jaw. Holy fuck. The way that she like leans on the jaw and like makes that like punctuates her point by resetting the guy's jaw and the Foley work on it is just bleh, crunchy. Eh, it's not great. I mean, it's great, but it's like just not fun to listen to. So, uh, Cleo's teen patient from earlier with the strep throat, Moira, uh, we find out has gonorrhea of the throat, uh, and she, uh, needs to figure out how to tell the girl, uh, without the mom hearing. Uh, and then we get Lizzie walking Mark through the procedure on the, uh, intercom whole, the whole fasciotomy thing is just like, <laughs> I mean, you're essentially like letting the air out of somebody at that point, basically. Yep. Uh, like, yep. Uh, to relieve compression so that they actually, so that the nerve endings don't get disrupted yeah, or something like that. I don't get know. Get pinched off. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, and then we get uh, Cleo going to talk to Moira about her STI and, uh, you know, Moira's like that. I have an STI. That's impossible. I'm a virgin. And she's like, "What about or, what about oral sex?" And Lauren, oral sex doesn't count. Apparently, do people? Did people honestly ever really think this way, or do they still? Because that baffles oh, me. Oh, Lauren, you you way... sweet summer child. Am I going to have to explain yeah. to you the uh, the Catholic butt pass or the uh, the the Mormon ritual of soaking? Like, which which one would yeah. you like me to explain to you? I'm no, this good. is this is very much was the prevailing. Uh, sentiment in like, my teen years. I always heard it like people joking about it, but like, and I'm sure friends of mine did think this way, but just like to to me, I I I always figured it counted. Of course, Lizzie. Go I on. am guilty of being a juvenile teenager boy and making fun of my friend because he had gotten he had had oral sex with a with his girlfriend, but hadn't done the full thing, and I was like. Uh, you're still a virgin, loser. Like, how I, dare you? I, I was oh, immature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess for the purposes of like juvenile like teasing, like I guess I don't know that I don't know what my like position would have been as a teenager. I know, but I'm just saying that was the prevailing. That, yeah. yeah. But for the purpose, but for but the I'm, the purposes of like, oh, is it possible to get an STI without having like, uh vaginal intercourse? Yes, of course it is, and I think I knew yeah. that even as a stupid sixteen year old. Nah, none of us did because we had really shitty sex education at my That's high school. That's fair. Mine was, mine was at least, like, I wouldn't say it was super liberal sex education, but we we had decent enough to where, like, it wasn't abstinence only. We had some comprehensive stuff. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, again, culture shock yeah. because I'm so smart. Spin the, wh- <laughs> spin the like, wheel, pick your religion. I guarantee you they have some fucking, like, religious exemption, official or otherwise, that, you know, xyz doesn't count you know like and you're you're still Uh, pure when we're off mic i'm gonna ask you a question but this is not for the show (laughs) so let's carry on patreon.com yeah let's just do a lounge episode where we just lauren onlyfans.com slash setting the tone podcast oh jesus (laughs) daniel explains different uh, religious slang for (laughs) sexual acts to my poor poor ears and Lauren goes full curse mode on every, on everything that she feels about 
uh, on the show. Oh, Lizzie, what next? Uh, ben comes home to Jackie's and lies about why he's home or lies about, ugh, and lies about why he's home early. And it's so good to see him signing with Reese, and Reese has a little tiny toy stethoscope. And <laughs> I'm gonna die. He's too cute. Do you want to be a firefighter? No. Do you want to be this? Do you want to be that? And then he says no. He and picks up his little the little stethoscope and puts it in his ears and. <laughs> Lauren's ovaries exploded. <laughs> oh, for for little baby Reese, yes. If if I could just have little baby Reese, uh, sure, I'll have children. But other than that, I'm set. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, but then Moira's mom is screaming at the front desk with Carter because, oh my God, it's taken three hours. What's going on? What's up with her kid? Blah, 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 blah. And I definitely thought Carter was going to give it away here because he's like, oh yeah, what's what's your name? I can look it up and see what's going on. And Cleo catches it just in time. And like, it's like, oh yeah, come back with me. We just got her shot. Everything's fine. And this is, uh, I, this is where I grabbed it in the notes, but we've obviously seen her before now. But the mother here, Mrs. Garvey, is played by actress Rebecca Balding, who appeared in stuff like Kiss My Grits uh, and the TV series... Uh, TV series plural soap and charmed is kiss my grits the prequel to boomers <laughs> if it wasn't before it is now uh but then are we just building our own munch first but with Lydia stuff <laughs> uh but mark's compartment syndrome patient has stabilized frank is excited because he found another patient with a warrant while doing background checks on patients and carrie yells at him to stop doing background checks and it's like you're done no more we're a hospital. Fucking stop. <laughs> and he's really bummed about it. He's like, but if we catch the bad guys. It's like, no, stop it. Uh, and then Kim is looking for Mr. Karma- Mr. Kamatovic here. He has gone AWOL from his room. Carter asks Cleo if she has a problem with him being here. Because, like, you know, he apologizes if she thought he was stepping on her toes with her patient earlier. And I don't even know where he's getting that impression from. Cleo has just acted like Cleo this episode. I don't know why he thinks she's upset with him. I mean, she has definitely been cold to him, but my I like yeah. my I, my read on it is just that it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like there's not my I don't know. Feels out of nowhere. Mine was just she's had a busy day. She's distracted. I didn't get like it was personal on Carter at all when I was looking at it. Like I didn't go, "Wow, Cleo's being a bee to Carter." There's a Cleo's busy. Uh, but then uh, Carrie, I believe it's Carrie and Kim talking about Mr. Kamatovic, and um, he has opened a bunch of alcohol wipes, which are all over the floor because, like, he's trying to cool off and, you know, alcohol helps stuff evaporate. And um, Kim says that he had asked her for a popsicle <laughs> to help stay cool. And he's shut himself in a room and. I think it's in the bathroom or something and they need to get the door open obviously so they can check on him and he's been asking for more wet blankets and they have date they have Malucci open the door because you know they can't get it open and Malucci opens the door only to find the guy on fire so they of course this guy is on fire we get, we get like an excellent Wilhelm scream too when the door opens mm-hmm. and they let him out I mean it's a great visual effect um uh, or I guess the visual effect is the wrong word. It's a great stunt. Um, yes. But um, the excellent uh, little drop-in of the Wilhelm scream there, I really liked. Yeah. Um, so they put him out. That's fine. Cool. Uh, Carter is up on the roof with Dennis. Um, he's holding Dennis, like, on his hip out of his chair so Dennis can see off the roof a little bit better. And 
Carter lets him throw one of his airplanes off the roof and they have a moment like watching it fly and say like, oh wow, that could go a really long time. Nice job. And um, then Dennis's ride finally shows up. So Carter takes him down to leave. And the way they leave this, they make it seem like he could be a great repeat patient for Carter and like a real great like part of his recovery and going back to the joys of medicine. And then they do nothing yep. with Yeah, him. maybe going to visit him in the home and... Some, yeah, or whatever. Just giving Carter something else. Right. And then this is nope. it. But it was great while it lasted, though. Yep. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, so let's go to two audio clips in a row right here to, well, not quite finish out the episode. But anyway, uh, so does anyone know where Jen T is <laughs> right now? Because I think this check is her, her time. To check her pulse. Uh, yeah, Luca and Abby are out in the ambulance bay. You're popular today, huh? I know. What's that about? I'm everybody's favorite nurse. But that's the problem, because as a med student, I screwed up everything. Everything. Things I could do, even with my eyes closed. I think it's all in here. You are a good nurse, Emmy. You could be a great doctor. Just need a little confidence. Sorry. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. Abby. Yeah. You got a cold brown with Mr. Pazzoni. Again. Mm -hmm. Jeez, how much can that guy eat? I gotta go. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Phase one. <laughs> this is much better than the scene in Docs between her and Carter. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. D like, night and day better. Like, yeah, absolutely. They kiss. They kiss. They smooch. Well, she smooched. Now kiss. He smooched. <laughs> or she smooched. Mm-hmm. I always love that it's Abby that kisses him first. Yeah, I I don't know I, why. I'm, just I just I just love yeah, that. I I think I think and we said this when uh, Abby first showed up too, and like they had some little brief interactions there. Like there's there's immediate chemistry here. I'm really uh, very intrigued to watch how their interactions play out over the rest of the season because a friend of the show, Jake Taylor Esquire, is of course of the opinion that they have zero chemistry in this first attempt at pairing them off and i just i don't see it like i'm i'm i see like lightning bolts and i see sparks every single time these two share the screen like they just there's a natural chemistry there that i don't think you can teach we might be a little bit biased though since we know no i'm well yeah you're right i mean i'm sure that influences it to some degree but i i'm trying as much as much as i possibly can to take it on a like week by week basis and like it just it just works. I did, you know, some sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. And like, I just feel like they have these two characters have these. Or I shouldn't even say characters. These two actors have a natural chemistry in a way that a lot of pairings don't. I mean, I, I feel like they have a similar type of like. It's a different kind of. It's a different flavor of chemistry, but they have a similar type of natural chemistry the way that Doug and Carol did. 
in the early days. Like it, it's it's not the same. It's not the same kind of burning, smoldering passion uh, type chemistry that they had, but it's of a similar type of like it just comes naturally and it just flows. Hmm. So, so yeah, this will they'll be on again, off again through the beginning of season fifteen. Strap in. That's what she said. Anyway, uh, go to our next audio up here. <laughs> I like how I took my headphones off as if that would make me stop hearing you. Yeah, like you're exactly. not right next to me. You can actually me. hear me better now that now that your headphones are off. Uh, anyway, let's go to our next uh, or last audio clip of the episode here. Uh, Cleo gets home trend. She's trying to find Benton. Peter, are you here? I've been calling. Why didn't you pick up? I don't feel like talking. I went up during my break. Shirley said you'd been fired. I guess the whole hospital knows by now, huh? Why didn't you tell me? Peter, I was worried about you. I called Jackie. She said you had been gone for hours. What'd you tell her? I didn't tell her anything. Except I didn't have any idea where you were. What happened? Peter? Peter, tell me. Nah, Romano got hit with a big Amtala fine over the Fletcher case. Good, he deserves it. Yeah, well, now he's taking it out on me. Maybe he's just blowing off steam. No, I've seen him do that. This time he's serious. Talk to somebody. Call Ann Spa. Tell him what? Tell him Romano is a racist, sexist, elitist jackass. Cleo, he knows that. You're an excellent surgeon, Peter. And you're a good man. And we'll work it out. The music's a little it, I was just going to say, the music is like a little... Just, too, too much. Too much. But otherwise, good. Otherwise, uh, more character development uh, for these two together than I think I've ever seen or would care to see. So, like, I, I like it from that perspective. Uh, but the yeah. music is a little, little nice. heavy-handed. I still am totally fine with their with their pairing. I still have no qualms about it. Yeah. I, yep. Very few qualms. Uh, but we see Malucci telling Frank about the uh, spontaneous combustion, and I do love the way that he's doing this with his like feet up on the the uh, ad- admit mm-hmm. desk. It's like he's yeah. it's like he's regaling him with a fishing story. And yes. <laughs> In true Malucci yeah. fashion. Uh, and Carter calls BS on the whole thing, but Frank backs him up. He's like, no, I was, I, I saw, I went on a call one time and this lady was like, it was just her legs or something. Like he just has this like weird, like on the job story too. The story, the chair she was sitting in wasn't burned. Yeah. But she, uh. Some, something like that. Uh, and then uh, before he can leave, uh, Carter has to go pee in a cup in front of Mark and uh, tries to make some, Awkward small talk as he waits for him uh, next to the urinal, waits for him to pee. And I think maybe in the history of the show, this might be the only episode that ends on pee foley. Like this episode. Yeah, that was, again, weird (laughs) Weird audio choice. Weird audio choice as this episode fades to black with the dulcet tones of John Carter's piss. (laughs) Hitting the bottom of a cup. You know what? Someone there really loves and appreciates that. Someone out there. There's really something out there for everybody. Does. You stop. But yeah, a weird end to a, a like a, an episode that I said, like I said earlier, um, I think succeeds in spite of itself. 
Like, I think it still manages to cobble together a solid, like, seven and a half episode. But I can't help but think that there's not an eight and a half or a nine episode in here if you just trim some of the fat and do a lot less juvenile shit. Like, there's a this it's, episode is see, written by a 14-year-old boy at different points. Yeah. And see, I think as is, it's an eight and a half, nine for me. I, it's a wild ride from start to finish. And I love it. It it's pure chaos and i love pure chaos sure no yeah and, and i think like i think the best version of this episode is uh who's happy now meets blizzard like it's a it's a it's a, a quirky funny episode matched up with the the uh formula of a mass casualty ap- uh, episode get get rid of the benton storyline here for now do it more in depth next episode and get rid of the weird Cleo Carter thing. Yeah. And, yeah. The Cleo, and we, and the we Cleo can... Carter thing, I think is an easy cut. The Japanese businessmen storyline thing is yep. an easy cut. Um, I think you, I think you need to spend more, less time with Carter and Cleo being cagey and more time with Carter and Dennis. Carter and yep. Dennis deserves more mm-hmm. time. The, the sci-fi convention deserves more time. Yep. Get rid of the cop thing. Get rid of the background checks. Yep have that be or like or use that as a punchline in another episode because it is it is funny and ridiculous but i feel like if you had given more room to some of the other stuff here right it could have been it because right now as is tradition it's an episode that had really stressful notes for me so it gets docked for that because i could not just sit and watch the insanity unfold and so as always that tempers my thing a little bit i'm gonna be harsh and give it a seven Like, yes, there there was enough fun in there to at least get it a seven, but there was, like you said, so many things in there that were just, like, it just felt... Right, it focuses on the wrong things. Like, Gloria's thing with the kids and, and her co- mystery cough. I, would, I think Christine Cavanaugh is a talented enough actress that I think you could have squeezed another ten minutes out of that storyline spread out across the rest mm-hmm. of... Or at least five. But spread out yeah. across the rest of the episode. Yeah. You know, like, I think you yeah. could have easily squeezed two or three more scenes out of that. And I think, again, the the sci-fi convention, I think there's a lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff that you could have done with that, that really, for the most part, the sci-fi convention stuff gets used as a sight gag. Like, it's just like, hey, look at these dorks in their funny costumes, you know? Don't cut, don't cut my costume, Yeah, man. like, it's, it, it's, yeah. it all gets reduced to just sight gags and, and look at these nerds. And, and I'm also angry because they're not even, like, being anything, like... Identify any identifiable <laughs> well, there's, either. Like there are. That's, a, that's, that's just a licensing, licensing thing. Issue, yeah. Well, no, they could easily have somebody in like makeshift Star Trek outfits because it's a convention. It's I, yeah. I I, 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 I get I get licensing why they issue. might have you know steered clear of that uh, aspect of it. But yeah, wow. there's there's just so much in this episode that I think, like you said, Lauren, it's not so much that it's bad. It's just put it in a different episode. Like move it, take it, take it out of here and put it somewhere else so that we've got time and, you know, and space to dedicate to other more interesting, better things. Uh, So, like I said, it still ends up succeeding in spite. I think because of the chaos, it ends up succeeding in spite of itself. But there's a better episode in here if you really dug into it. Fair enough. What the listeners have to say about it, Lauren? Um, So first off, I'm having a moral dilemma right now. Do I want to try and perform this one the way it's actually written or do I want to read it? Oh, you're absolutely going to perform okay. it the way it's written because I uh, want to hear that. Okay, listeners, I apologize in advance because I cannot sing, but I will do this for you all because I love you. And Daniel, I swear to God, if you sound clip this, 
and use it against me. I see the look on your eyes right now. Um, with that being said, Matthew M., uh, you owe me a year-long Patreon subscription at $100 for this. <laughs> Uh, I was all ready to post some in-depth analysis when old Dr. Dave shows up with that hair. All I could think of was, Somebody once told me Malucci's gonna roam me. He ain't the brightest docs with the meds. He was looking kinda dumb like a scrub wearing beach bum used a bottle of peroxide in his head. You are all welcome. I love you. Thank you. Round of applause, round of applause. Commit to the bit. Um, excellent, excellent, uh, prose there. Beautifully done. Hit me up if you want more renditions <laughs> and I will make them happen poorly for you all. Uh, Leah, 1989 says, I forgot all about the Ambulance Bay first kiss. Houston, we have liftoff. They stick the landing with their equally bashful reactions and Chuni's hint of a smile as she witnesses it. The newest power couple has entered the chat. Bring on this whirlwind pairing. What could go wrong? Before the kiss, though, as Luca gave Abby that pep talk on the bench in the bay, I couldn't help but think of Lucy and Luca's pep talk in in the domino heart. They even sit the same way with the light of the sign glowing behind them. Especially since this scene occurs on the heels of Carter and the little boy throwing paper airplanes off the roof, where I immediately thought of Lucy, who not too long ago was up there letting a different kind of paper fly. Gotta love those moments that stir memories and link people and places together even after they're gone. Those are excellent points. Yes, very good. At About Bunny says, This is one of my favorite episodes that actually doesn't send me through the emotional ringer. Mark and Dave stealing supplies from surgery reminds me of the season one bit of stealing back, stealing back the ER crash carts and makes me miss the full ensemble hijinks they did in the early days. I was harsh on Carter in the last two episodes, but this is a good Carter episode for me. I really enjoy him and Chen this episode and wish they would have had done more with their friendship. And I love his storyline with the little boy with paralysis. They really do a good job this episode of the slow buildup of everyone piling everything on Abby. It really showcases what everyone thinks of her. She's a good nurse and was a competent med student and they can count on her, which contrasts with how she views herself. It's interesting that she's already internally kind of blaming herself for not being able to hack med school, even though that's not at all why she's not there. Mora is a great comedic actor, and I love Abby's snark in this episode, both verbally and in her facial expressions. ER really underutilized her comedy chops most of the time, and I'm not at all sure why. And of course I have to talk about the beginnings of Luca and Abby. First, Luca having her put in the chest tube and defending that decision to Weaver. Then, their last scene is just perfect. It's bittersweet because of how innocent and hopeful it is, and that's not all their relationship is go- that's not at all the, how their relationship is going to play out. But I love that this is their beginning. The respect they have for each other, Abby being vulnerable and admitting to her insecurities, Luca being encouraging and instilling some much-needed confidence, Abby geeking out, as she will term it, what, nearly eight years later, and kissing him? Also... Chuni totally ships that. At Grace B says, First and foremost, Lauren, please be kind to my boy Dennis. I get that he's a precocious kid, but goddammit, he's funny, self-deprecating, pragmatic, and he makes cool paper airplanes. He's one of my favorite patients in the whole show, and I always wish there was a reason we could check back in with him occasionally because I just think he's great. Is the writing unnecessarily heavy-handed in places? Sure. But, I, but for my money, the actor sells it. 
He doesn't do too much or too little. Also, when Carter gets his head out of his ass and actually appreciates Dennis as a person worth his time, they have sweet moments and we get to see glimpses of Dr. Carter MD at his best, which will be rareish in the next few years. Moving on, I wanted to throttle Malucci, so I found the point at which I at which I hate him, I think. The way he keeps harassing Chen about the baby's father, etc., is creepy. It's not his business, and he's doing it because he's a white guy who doesn't have a lot of experience with the consequences or the word no. Whew. Also, as a medical interpreter, I get the Japanese businessman thing is played for laughs, but for fuck's sake, they are entitled to interpreting services, and I know you're stretched thin, I've seen it, but these men just... But those men deserve to know that they aren't a risk of having their organs stolen or whatever, and it bothers me that the language barrier is funny and not the serious issue it continues to be to this day across the board in healthcare. Well said. To round it out, Romano sucks. Someone really should have thought about staffing for the surgical conference. This is ridiculous. And can we all take a minute to appreciate Queen Elizabeth Corday for doing one procedure on a patient while detailing how to do a completely unrelated procedure over the phone for Mark without being able to see what Mark sees? That's just incredible. P.S. Hi, Kim. So glad you're here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's one thing I forgot to mention. Like, what the fuck? This is Kim's first episode? Yeah. Yep. For some reason, I, I and I don't know actually that um, I can't remember if I, I don't know that we actually got her name in this episode. Like, we, I don't. Think they we just do. they just sort of refer to her as somebody that like clearly there's some level of familiarity. They've met her before, but like so like she's, she's not insight. brand new, but she's not a new person to them either. So it will be interesting to see the first time we get her name. I mean, she's very clearly very playful with Carrie, but. Carrie has a Carrie has a lingering look too, like when she like passes by her at one point. Again, you're you're looking at it with the benefit of hindsight, but some might call that lesbian. Yeah, urine, <laughs> you get know. a little bit of a lingering look by uh, Carrie. Anyway, that's about going to wrap up our episode for today. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, the show is brought to you by our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/SanAntonioPodcast. For only one dollar a month, you can get access to our show notes each week, and for only five dollars a month, you can get an assortment of stickers, including one featuring our favorite desk clerk, Jerry. Two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews and over 50 hours of bonus audio and video content, including the full season recap episodes, a free-form monthly bonus show called The Lounge, movie reviews where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member, and who's fixed for those, where Lauren reads us some ER fan fiction. We would also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at SetTheToneER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, and we are at Podcast on Instagram. Also, be sure to check out the official Satan Tone community on Facebook. Our theme music is provided to us by Andrew M. Edwards and Daniel. Where can folks find you at? They can find me on Instagram at dan.u. That is y-o-u dot e-l. They can also find me on my other podcast, The Popular Court, with my co-host Jake Terrell, where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial. And Lauren, where can folks find you at? I don't care where folks can find me at this week. I just need to remind everybody that abortion is health care and fuck the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Amen. Reproductive rights are human rights. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Random Gamer. That's J M three R. And thanks, everyone, very much for listening. Please join us again next time. Have a great week. Bye.